Here's what's coming up on today's show. Are you going to keep up with inflation at the banks? No, but if you're concerned about losing your money, um, don't lose it to inflation. You know, do your best to keep up with inflation, and that's look at some other options. It's time for the Retirement Reality Podcast with the founder of Principal Preservation Services, Mike Koyanen. Hello and welcome in to the Retirement Reality Podcast with Mike Coynan, founder and owner of Principal Preservation Services there in Minnesota and Wisconsin. I am Ben George. we got a good show. Mike, we usually uh, will answer a couple questions at the end of his show, but we've got a, a number of questions that have come in and we haven't gotten to them in a couple of episodes. So why don't we just dedicate, dedicate this whole show to the mailbag? Yeah, let's do it. Those are fun. All right. So we got a bunch of questions we're going to get through today. If you have anything on your mind, want to run it by Mike and his team, you can always log on to principalpreservationservices.com. Or if you have any questions about what we talk about today, you're welcome to call the team at 855-987-8888. So let's jump right into it, Mike, and begin with a question from Zoe. This is a good one because it's on a very topical investment question. But with the increasing awareness of environmental, social, and governance, which is the ESG, factors. How can I incorporate these considerations into my investment strategy and what impact could they have on my returns? Yeah, I, first of all, I think you should be investing in what you believe in. And so we've had similar questions where some people are like, I don't want to be in, you know, investing at all in this country or this country. I don't want any of my, my dollars tied to them, whether it's Russia, Ukraine, China, whatever it is. And I said, yeah, we can definitely adopt and make sure you're investing only in these these companies or uh, some have similar questions like that. So you want to be, first of all, investing what you believe in. Okay. And, um, but what impact will that be? Well, sometimes just because you invest what your, your beliefs are, doesn't mean you're going to get the best returns. And for example, the ESG kind of holdings have not performed as well. I think there's a lot of the country um, don't like those and they have pulled away from those. And as a lot of com- big companies like BlackRock have been more ESG-minded, people have pulled away from them, and we're seeing the, the returns and the ramifications of, of ESG investments aren't really performing. And uh, so, again, take it with what, you, what it is. I mean, you can invest the way you believe. And, you know, we see people, I believe in gold. I said, good. You know, if you want to diversify, put money in gold, same thing. Uh, but... You have to understand, look at the numbers. Just because it's gold doesn't mean there's not risk. And then just because you're in gold doesn't mean you're going to make money. Look at the history. In the last decade, gold really hasn't done anything um, value-wise. So so granted, you can invest however you want, whatever you believe in. <laughs> but if your goal is to make returns, you're going to have to be investing in where things are at. But again, without going against your morals and ethics, obviously. You know, and mm-hmm. we're not never doing that here for our clients. We're always putting your morals and ethics first. Uh, but we, but again, if you have such strong beliefs not to be one way or the other, there's good places to make money. You don't have to be in foreign countries if that's your need, desire. Have you gotten a lot of questions about ESG? I know it's been kind of a you know a headline grabber for the last couple of months. But is that something you you get asked about a lot? Uh, you know, and to be honest, thankfully no. Okay, <laughs> and so. Um, reality is maybe one a quarter maybe okay you know three or four a year that will get asked questions about that so and reality is it's in the ones that who bring it up says i don't want to be investing that way 
Gotcha. And so they're, they're, they're actually want to be staying away from ESG investments. All right, Zoe, appreciate that question. Uh, here's one from Derek. Derek asks, with the current inflationary pressures in the economy, what steps can I take to protect my savings and investments from losing value? Okay. Yeah, because you're, and we see this a lot with a lot of our clients who are, you know, you know, late 50s, 60s, 70s, and some of them are carrying large balances in the bank. And like, man, if you're not going to do some, do something with some of those funds, you're losing money. And, um, you know, $100,000 in the bank, you know, you need to have money for, for reserves, for emergencies. So you shouldn't just be tying up your money, you know, long term, and you need to have liquidity. So I'm stumbling over my words a little bit, Ben, but <laughs> I'll get this out. Uh, so when it comes to uh, rate returns, you know, there's a lot of these banks that are giving three and a half, four and a half percent on high yield savings without having to tie them up into some long term CDs or have to put them in the market. So again, be smart with your money for those banks that are giving you nothing, 0.1 or not even that on your savings accounts. There are a lot of banks, and these are bigger banks too. So I know people got the scare with, um, you know, SVP Bank and um, the bank uh, was it uh, uh, the one in New York, Synchrony? Yeah. I think it was Signature Bank. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of banks out there. Whether well, some large banks, like even Capital One, I'm not here to endorse them, but you know they're offering three and a half percent. Well, I'd much rather get three and a half percent on a hundred thousand than to get point one on a hundred thousand. Right, so um, the key is make that that money work for you. You're going to get thirty five hundred dollars a year on a hundred thousand, where the point one you're going to get thirty five dollars a year. So again, just put a little bit of effort in to let your money grow because if you don't, you know, next year that hundred thousand because of inflation, if it's six percent, your hundred thousand is really worth about ninety four thousand dollars in in buying power. That's what inflation is doing to you. You're losing your buying power, right? Yeah. So. Um, again, are you going to keep up with inflation at the banks? No, but if you're concerned about losing your money, um, don't lose it to inflation. You know, do your best to keep up with inflation, and that's look at some other options. There's also some uh, other investments alter out there, uh, alternative investments called structured notes, which are similar to CDs in a sense, where you, without any losses on some of these, you can make up to you know five to double-digit returns on those. So there are some options out there that you can to grow your money safely to combat inflation. Yeah, and it feels like maybe people that weren't as worried early on, uh, the longer the inflation rate stays as high as it is, the more people, I'm sure, are asking this question about what to do because mm -hmm. it just continues to take a bigger and bigger toll on people. All it right. does. Thanks that, for that question, Derek. Hopefully that helps you out. Uh, Toby's next. Uh, says, I'm retiring in about five years, and I'm currently maxing out my 401k but not adding any other savings. Should I be saving anywhere else, even if that means putting less in my 401k? Yeah, sometimes, Toby, um, if you're getting close, in clo you know, five years uh, from retirement, one thing to be considering is we recommend people in reach, you know, while you're working, have three to six months of your expenses set aside in a savings account. Um, in retirement, six to 12 months of your expenses. And it all depends on how high your expenses are or what your spending patterns. But um, you should work on building that up as well. Sometimes it's good to have outside accounts outside of the 401ks, not just because, well, mostly because of the limitations of the investment options that you're given. Uh, we've seen a lot of uh, 401k allocation 
options and clients' accounts recently that I think are pretty poor. We see these these target funds, and no matter what company you're you're with, we see these target funds have performed pretty poorly the last year and a half. And so you might be better off to diversify a, a little bit and be outside of that. Maybe look at a, an IRA or a Roth outside of that, so you can pick your investments more suitable for your uh, risk tolerance. Uh, and Toby, if you're over 59 and a half, you don't have to keep all your dollars there. You can do in-service rollovers as well, 99% of the time into an IRA or to a Roth, and without having a tax consequence, as long as it's like kind, uh, pre-tax to IRAs and Roth 401ks to Roth IRAs. So definitely look into that, Toby, but I would I would look out, uh, elsewhere as well outside of your current plan. All right, very good. Uh, Donna's next. Says, my husband left me a significant amount of credit card debt when we divorced two years ago. Apparently, he was running up charges on a card in my name that I didn't know about. That's an awful situation. Mm -hmm. uh, I have plenty of money in my 401k, probably more than I'll need for retirement. Should I just take an early withdrawal to pay this off? Well, significant sounds significant to me, so probably not, Donna, because I mean, you can definitely do that. When I show clients come in here and they're, they're talking about taking big withdrawals out of their 401ks or IRAs to buy a car or down payment on a house or pay off a house. I said, I always, you know, show them, yes, you could do it, but this is what your taxes look like today. This is what your taxes look like if you took money out to do what you want to do with this money because it's all pre-tax and you haven't paid a dime of taxes on this money yet. And so when you look at that, Donna, you're going to be like, I'd rather pay the interest. Not a fan of that. My opinion is I'd much rather have you, as long as your credit is good, Donna, to um, find a company that actually has zero interest transfers, you know, for maybe six months or a year or sometimes or longer. Uh, you can go to uh, NerdWallet or Mint.com and search credit cards. I actually have, you know, some that have the best cash back, the best zero financing credit cards. And if you're able just to swap um, cards and, and put it to a zero uh, interest rate, every payment you make is going towards that debt as opposed to some of these 18 to 24% interest rates that are on these credit cards. You'll make a bigger dent that way. I would recommend you do it in that way. It might hurt for a little bit for a few years to do it, but you'll do it right as opposed to taking money from your IRA or 401k and pay taxes. Remember, if you're already in the 22% tax bracket, if you take another $10,000, 22% plus state rates, just say that's averaging eight, you're paying 30% taxes. If you want 10,000, you're gonna to have to take out about $14,000 plus just to pay off that credit card. You're gonna have you know, about a third of that going to taxes. So definitely stay away from doing that at, at all cost. Yeah, that's a very unfortunate situation, Donna. Sorry to hear about that. All right, Josiah is next. He says, I have a REIT that I purchased several years ago and has done nothing but lose money. I'm told that I can't cash it out, but I got a letter from a company offering to buy it from me. Is that worth exploring? Yeah, Josiah, and for a lot of the listeners, what a REIT is, is a real estate investment trust. And what he's talking about, Josiah, is a non-publicly traded REIT. So a lot of broker-dealers will sell these to clients and you're limited on distribution. You can really take money out only out of that account when the, comp the real estate in investment company tells you you can take money out. So that's what we're referring to here. Um, but there are companies who will buy it, but they're gonna give you pennies on the dollar. And so it's worth calling to find out what the value is. It's, it's, 
interesting to find out what you put into it, what you've been paid in distributions on dividends back. Is it worth it or not? You got to look at the big picture. The thing on this Josiah is just calls. We can call on that together and weighs the pros and cons if it does make sense. Um, there's a chance that you could lose more. There's a chance that you can actually get a lot more of your money back by holding it out as long as you have other investments to draw from and let this kind of recover. So I'm not a huge fan of non, non-traded REITs, and this is a prime example. We've run into a few of these this last year where people want to get their money out. They had no idea they were even in these type of investments where they're, they're illiquid, and you're really at the mercy of the company selling these real estate investments to get your money out. Yeah. All right. A few more questions to get to here on the Retirement Reality Podcast. Claire is next. Says, I got a big bonus in a few weeks ago. So big that my 401k is now maxed out for the year because so much went into the 401k from that single paycheck. But I still want to save for the rest of the year. Where should I be saving now? Well, Claire, it all depends on um, your income level. So you have the right to, as long as you fit in the guidelines, to um, fund a Roth as long as you fit within the income guidelines. Um, that would be my first recommendation if you qualify uh, for funding a Roth. The other option is you know, looking at some, um, make sure you're, you can max out your HSA if you have a health savings account. There's other things to be focusing on. Uh, life insurance, do you have updated life insurance? Should you be max funding it? Depends on how old you are, Claire. Sometimes we've been putting you know, life insurance in, in place for funeral, you know, so prepaid funeral. Sometimes you want to, if you have uh, extra funds to start looking at long-term care needs um, to put money aside for that. So there's a lot of different options you can be looking at or even some non-qualified investments, um, money that's non-IRAs, non-Roth accounts uh, that you could be building up that that would go get to step up a basis to your beneficiary someday if that's what you're looking to do. The key is there's a lot of different options outside of just pre-tax dollars um, to put your money and retirement planning is looking at so many big, so, so many other uh, facets to it outside of that. So I think um, getting together, Claire, would, would bring some clarity to you on where to put some of those extra funds. Definitely. If you want to reach out, Claire, you can do so. PrincipalPreservationServices.com or 855-987-8888. All right, here's a question from Doug. Someone told me that I should start doing some Roth conversions with money in my IRA, but I've always been told that I make too much money to do a Roth, so I'm confused. How does this work? Yeah, Roth contributions are, are in, you know, you have to qualify based off income. So if you make too much money to contribute to a Roth, that's make contributions. But conversions, that's really irrelevant in a sense, because you don't have to qualify to do a conversion. You just, you could do Roth conversions whenever you want, whether working or retired. It just means you're paying taxes, whatever tax bracket you're at. So you can do them anytime, Doug. So even if you're in the 24% bracket, if you want to do convert some of your IRAs to Roth, you can definitely do that, but you'll be paying, you know, 24% federal taxes plus whatever state you're in at that time as well. It's going to be considered income. And so, Contributions and conversions are different. Contributions, you have to fit underneath the income guidelines and you must have income. Conversions, you don't have to have income, but you'll pay taxes, whatever bracket you're at. And you can do those anytime, even in retirement when you have no income. So uh, the other question I'll just add in here, Doug, yeah. is even with uh, Ben, you too, is uh, <laughs> some people say in retirement now, the RMD age is 73. I don't really need these funds. I've already paid taxes on it. So I'm just going to put these 
funds after taxes into my Roth. I'm like, you can't do that. The IRS knows it's too good to be true. You cannot do that. You can put those funds wherever you like outside of the Roth, um, in, you know, in the bank or some other investment outside of an IRA or Roth. But um, you cannot do that. But once your, Roth, your uh, RMDs, I'm sorry, are met, let's say you're 73 right now and you took out your required minimum distributions, just say it was $10,000, and then you take another 10000 out of your IRA and do conversion, that second $10,000 will meet will be the, um, the conversion. The first dollars have to meet the RMD. The next withdrawals can do the conversions. Okay. So some clarity there, there for you, Doug. Hopefully that helps you out. All right, let's round it out with a question from Catherine. It says, my mom is aging quickly, and I'd really like to retire to help take care of her. I have plenty of money in my 401k, but I'm only 57 years old. Is it foolish to retire now? Well, if you get plenty of money, Catherine, and you're – your last employer, you know, that you work with has a 401k and you haven't started another one. The rule is, you know, you can take money without penalty. I'm not saying tax-free, but without penalty out of your last employer's 401k. So you can do that. So that's the benefit of having a 401k and retiring early. Uh, you, you cannot do this from an IRA, but you can do this from a 401k. So um, age 55 and older, if it's your last employer, you can take withdrawals from it, pay regular taxes out of your 401k. And if you can afford to do that, that's great. But if you rolled that 401k to an IRA, now you're under the limits of 59 and a half. And then you would have a 10% IRS penalty. So you definitely don't want to do that. You want to leave that money into the 401k until at least you reach 59 and a half and considered moving it to an IRA. All right, Mike, I've thrown a bunch of questions at you. You've done a good job handling them. We've covered a bunch of different topics. Hopefully, this will help somebody out. Uh, you know, hopefully, we cover on I something so. uh, a lot of different people might be interested in. So I think that's the, the great approach with the mailbag. But we do appreciate you sending them in. If you have questions for Mike, you can always send them over, principalpreservationservices.com. That is the website. You'll also find all of our podcast there as well. So make sure to check those out, answer some further questions you might have about financial and retirement planning. But if you want to call the office, and there's two, one in Woodbury, Minnesota, one in Hudson, Wisconsin, you can do so by calling 855-987-8888. All right, Mike, we will take a break on that note. Uh, we appreciate the questions and thank you for all the answers today. We'll do it again soon. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate it. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.